and welcome to the official, authorized, licensed, updated, registered, redeemed, activated, Dad and Sons non-interactive podcast entertainment audio media product. My name is George Warge, and I have with me Matt Vatt and Liam Beam. How healthy are we today, fellow human podcasting hosts? Officially okay. My carbon dated age is of 28. Am I, am I missing that joke? Am I... I'm miss. I'm definitely missing that joke there. <laughs> Today, for this week, I have decided to create and publish a piece of media, something that will forever be associated with my name and be representative of my brand, which itself is a representation of myself. I have created and published a 201 character post <laughs> on Twitter.com about food because humans love to eat food because humans <laughs> love to survive at all costs, no matter the price or moral consequence. The following <laughs> answers are what these humans believe to be the favorite. Few fuck <laughs> the favorite few. The following answers are what these humans believe to be the favorite foods. George's favorite feud is against Randy Kitchman. <laughs> these humans who host this non-interactive podcast, entertainment, audio, media product speculate that. Wait, no, it's the other people. Ah! The following answers are what these humans believe to be the favorite foods of these other humans. The humans who host this non-interactive podcast, entertainment, audio, media product. Yeah. We're doing Twitter again. Josh Foreman speculates that all of our favorite food is the tears of the sun. It's been, it's been damn hot here in Japan, so I can quite rightly say, fuck the sun. <laughs> the, like hospital ambulance siren in the background really hammers home the problem. Yeah, I insulted the sun, and now now I'm done I I was unsure if you were going to cut out that siren, or... So I was like, (laughs) okay, let's wait. (laughs) Wow. My mic is a little peaky today. You're so high in that apartment building that I just don't understand how sound leaks in. (laughs) Your windows because, must be just non-existent, man. Yeah, no, exactly, dude. Matt, how much do you like authentic ramen? Oh, I, I love it. I, I love it. Japan? But would you say it's your favorite? What, favorite food in the entire world? Mm, it's close. It's close. We should, we should reveal our favorite foods at the end. Let's go through the guesses first and then... See if anybody was correct. Liam seems like a steak dude to me, speculates one of these human fans. <laughs> ah, I'm partial to a good steak. I'm and, poor, so and they don't come often. Magnamus Zero says, uh, I'm, I'm a cream brulee guy, and, and yeah, guilty as charged. Don't know if it's the favorite, though. You have brought that up before. Oh, oh, speaking of creme brulee, George, speaking of creme brulee... Yes. I had a creme brulee donut the other day. Oh, did it have a um, crusty layer on, on top yes. with the, the yes. sugar? Yes, and then like on the other side, it was like a melty mess of sweetness, and it was one yeah. of the best things I've eaten in, yeah, 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 in yeah. years. It was so nice. I've seen BuzzFeed recipe GIFs, that, or GIFs, whatever the fuck you want to call it, that um, show how to do like creme brulee cookies. It was more of like a cake. Dan White speculates that, that my favorite food is a homemade curry. Jesus Christ, these people know me too well. It's creepy. Uh, Matt, <laughs> um, um, yours might be something Southern. He's talked about cornbread and gumbo before, I think. Oh, really? Cornbread. I do like, I do like some cornbread. I don't know about gumbo. For some reason, there's not a lot of <laughs> what gumbo. Is that? Gu- you uh, don't know what gumbo is? 
No. Oh my goodness. It's delicious is what it is. Yeah, yeah it's like that a... doesn't doesn't aptly describe to me what it is. <laughs> it's like a big soup. <laughs> it's a kind of spicy, uh, 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 savory, salty soup with sausage and seafood and rice. Uh, it's uh, Cajun food. Intriguing. Why it's more, gumbo? It's more in the middle. It's more in the middle of the state rather than like, you know, Florida, Georgia. That That is like everywhere. Ah. Yeah. Dan White also speculates that Liam's favorite is either ramen or Branston pickle. Heck no. What is Branston Ugh. pickle? Branston pickle is like a very British thing. I'm Googling this. Oh, that looks bland <laughs> AF. Stop. Time has come for all men. Time has aged me once more. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> Is it 12 o'clock? <laughs> I was once carbon dated at 28. I have now become carbon dated 29. Enjoy your new label for how close you are to your expiry date, fellow human. I am one year closer to demise. Oh, you do get slower as you owe. You know, age, but that's really slow. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Liam, how much do you like Cool Ranch Doritos? Uh, I don't know. It's my birthday, so I can eat whatever I want, and nobody can tell me not to. Oh, oh, there's the slowness. <laughs> is it is it Cool Ranch or or um, Nacho Cheesier or or like like the chili uh, flavor? I mean, what's what's your favorite Dorito? Which what kind of Dorito do you like? Uh, when, yeah. when eating multiple Doritos. I live in Japan, so my options are limited. It's, uh, it's, like, it's either cool or the taco ones. Taco? Yeah, surprisingly. Mm. Maybe, maybe this guy might be onto something. Uh, Matt, how much do you... <laughs> Matt, how much do you like steak? <laughs> I, I mean, I didn't like it when I... Not, not, not that I didn't like it, but it wasn't like such a huge thing for me. When I was eating meat. So I guess that wouldn't be my favorite either but, way. But that, that yet you also got to clarify that, that you're actually vegan. So no, no, I mean, no, what? What's that word? <laughs> that doesn't apply to me at all. Akea753 <laughs> um, speculates again for George cream brulee. My God, I really gave myself away for that one. Uh, again, ramen for Matt. Gee. Matt, something you did on the internet has people really suspecting that you like ramen a lot. Yeah, I really, really talked it up on the, on the videos that I did on Japan. Uh, Liam, yeah, how much? It's do you, really freaking good. How much do you like katsudon? I like katsudon. Katsudon's nice, but it's boring compared to katsu curry. Katsudon's hmm. nice, but it's a, sometimes it's either a little too much egg or not enough egg, or it's it's pretty good. Liam, all right, so. Is it a foreign thing that I've tasted Japan food for the first time, or is ramen really that good over there? You see, like, or I agree with you, ramen is, like, up there, right? Ramen yeah. is freaking great. But compared right. to other Japanese food, ramen right. is, like, C-tier level oh, food. Oh, damn. So I need to expand my horizon then. Japanese food is just, like, fucking bonanza. It's really? like It's like a feast every day here. Just... You know what convenies are like, man. Yeah, if you think our food nuts. is that good in convenies, think about the restaurants, man. Think about the top 
tier restaurants. Oh. Rick speculates that, that Matt's favorite is Toad Cauliflower Pizza. Interesting. Interesting. <laughs> this guy knows me. <laughs> yeah, yeah oh, well. I, re- I remember you doing a lot with cauliflower back when back when you lived in, in Atlanta. <laughs> I think that's a reference mm-hmm. almost. It might not be a reference, but it might be a reference to something I did. Um, yeah, um, I don't know if it's my favorite. It's the cauliflower just just gives the pizza the wrong taste. <laughs> you know, it's it's all it's good, but I don't know if it's gonna be my favorite. It 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 it. I wouldn't make it every day, basically, if the cauliflower was easy to make at, as a dough every time. The the yeah. deaf Derek also speculates that Liam's favorite food is beer. <laughs> ah, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> and mine is uh, animatronic ramen. Guilty as charged. <laughs> Moving on. Brandon Brando <laughs> Judy says that uh, that that my favorite is PB and J. Ooh, man, that's I'm not good. four anymore. Then Matt's favorite is ribs. Ribs? Ribs. It just, ribs just ribs. I had some amazing ribs the other day. Oh, I forget how good ribs can be. Yeah. You forget, right? You don't have it for like a couple yeah, months it, it, and then yeah. boom. And then you eat it and you're like, oh. Oh, why am I not eating this every day? <laughs> every day, right? <laughs> Liam, they speculate that your favorite is mushy peas. Ew, no. <laughs> It's like the worst part of a fish and chips. It's, God, get that shit out of here. Branson pickle, mushy peas, Dio. How did you take me for? Uncultured swine that you think I am. Dame91 says that my favorite is anything from the discount range of my favorite grocery store. God damn, these people know me too well. It's fucking creepy being an internet, a minor shit tier internet celebrity. Jesus. Uh, Matt, vegan friendly regret. Um, Liam, sushi stuffed tacos that have a side of guilt. I don't think I've had anything that weird like that. I probably have. I haven't had any, like, sushi stuffed taco thing. I'm trying to think what is the weirdest sushi-based thing I have had. I think it's probably raw horse meat. Uh, Chili Roro speculates that my favorite is oatmeal with straight up no flavor at all. (laughs) <laughs> it's good to know that there are still some people out there who don't know my deepest darkest secrets you think you're as bland as fuck Matt's favorite is is green salad no speculation no no extra <laughs> just green salad as opposed to like yeah, purple I'm, salad I'm or black salad by the way we read all of these it, yeah. we may not say that we, we read all, of, all these. of them yeah, trust me we saw the ones where people say we ate common shit so yeah. we, saw, we see you <laughs> We fucking see you. Like, it's it, it, so basic, like, vegan. He eats vegan. That's it. Zephyr's <laughs> Czar speculates that my favorite food is garbage. Uh, that, that Liam's favorite food <laughs> yes. is ramen? Question mark? And then Matt's favorite is fake ramen from the U.S. <laughs> come on. You have those little packages? Uh, even even when you go to a restaurant, it's it's not handmade. And I I would ask them, and they probably think I'm so pretentious. I'll be like, um, weird question. I know it's weird. Just 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 deal with me for like two seconds. Do you make your own ramen like fresh? No, it's already cooked. I was like, oh okay, thanks. I appreciate it. <laughs> like, I've been searching for that place, man. Searching who just makes their own ramen right with, there, like house made noodles. Yeah, that's what how they do it in Japan, man. But it's not it, 
obviously it won't taste like Japan's noodles. The water's different. Everything is different over there. But yeah, usually like ramen broth is like a like a shop secret. That's what makes it taste good. Mm. Yeah. God, if only I knew how how Fungi does it. There, it, it's like an eighteen hour process too for some of them. Like like <sighs> they keep that on the heat all day. You see them scooping out the vat when when you come in, and that thing's on on the burner for for a long ass time. Damn. Oh man, one of the ramen shops I went to last time I was in Japan, me and uh, <laughs> me and Patrick sat there at the counter and put our order in, and the chef just like begrudgingly took them, gruntled something. I, I'm trying to remember if he had a cigarette in his mouth or not, but he uh, waddled to the back of the of, of the store, put a giant pair of tongs into the vat of broth, pulled out a cow head, like with flesh still on the bone it looked like a skull like like a cow skull you'd see in an old western or something except there was still actual flesh on it and and me and patrick just looked at each other and we're like <gasps> it was it was gory it was it was gruesome it was it was uh pretty all right too it was, it was a little on the salty side but uh, um the toad cauliflower pizza is a reference I did make a cauliflower pizza in shape of a toad. <laughs> oh, <laughs> shit. Totally so that's, an, totally that's another forgot. person on the internet who knows way too much about you. <laughs> that's like years ago, man. That's like years wow. ago. I was doing weird stuff on my channel. Uh, Kevin Wong. Sons. Yeah, man. Appreciate it, Rick. Kevin Wong suggested uh, toast. Just just toast. Toast is, toast is amazing. Don't... Um, I, I think we should also point out, I don't know if you guys have played it, but Kevin Wong's game is not half bad itself. Uh, Luca just came out on the Switch. Luca, Luca kicks ass. Uh, feel free to look up Luca if you like character action beat-em-ups from, from uh, the, the, the Bayonetta DMC cut of the cloth. Nice. So, yeah, I, I guess now's the time to test them out, see how right and how wrong they were. What are your guys... Wait, wait. <clears throat> Hello, fellow humans. What? actually are your favorite foods that these other humans speculated on with their organic mushy brains who, who wants to go first i mean george <laughs> one of them's right one of them actually got it and it's not something i've mentioned before they they used like their intuition or deduction to actually figure it was homemade out homemade curry homemade yes 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 oh my god homemade so, curry is pretty amazing i used to work at a at a cooking school and they had a green curry recipe and i used to uh, have a, uh, a Asian roommate with a big Asian family who would take me to the Asian grocery stores so I knew how to get the good ingredients and I have figured out a way to make a curry that just <laughs> it, it it causes people to just fall in love with me. It I have seen people like shiver when when they take their first bite. Oh, <laughs> yeah, like a, like a homemade green curry with uh with with lemongrass and and all this this aromatic um, um tarragon and and coconut milk bullshit that gets thrown in there. It yeah, I have not had curry in a store that's as good as that recipe. I've I've managed to wrangle at home. And uh, that that it, it's it's gotten me places. It's it's made me a lot of friends. It's it's been good to me that homemade curry of mine that is my favorite food. Uh, um, okay, um, I I would say it's like my mom's home cooking because I grew up on Jam I grew up on uh, I'm Jamaican, so I grew up on Jamaican food and um, Jamaican me hungry. Aki Aki and saltfish. <laughs> Aki and saltfish is like a. a 
a morning dish. You know, um, you have breadfruit with it. You have boiled um, uh, dumplings, and then they're fried. It, it tastes so good when you have a little bit of that gumminess and a little bit of that fry. Oh my god! It's, and it comes with all these other dishes like that. Um, and then you have the ackee and saltfish like right there on the side as like I guess like the meat for portion, the the sauce. And it's so good. Um, I love that. Even though I do like a patty and cocoa bread. Whew, if you guys know what that is. Oh, my God. This is, <laughs> no, you know, everyone knows what a Jamaican so patty is. But when you go to a Jamaican place and you have patty and cocoa bread, you have the cocoa bread with it. It's like this white bread. Oh, my God. It's so good. You put the patty inside the cocoa bread and you just go to town. Oh. <sighs> Yeah. Anyways, yeah, that that's my snap favorite. back to reality. Yeah, yeah, that's my favorite. Hope that goes gravity. <laughs> uh, nobody really actually got mine. I mean, mine's an easy throw out there. It's uh, pizza. Mm, okay. Yeah, everyone likes pizza. Yeah, I just fucking love pizza, man. But I don't, or uh, I very rarely get to eat good pizza because uh, there in is Japan. nowhere in Japan that makes good pizza. So, ooh, and I bet that actually makes it better because because that's a treat. It's a rare treat yeah, for you now. Absolutely. So I very rarely eat pizza now because pizza just is. I associate the word pizza with disappointment now. <laughs> <laughs> that's. I'm so sorry. Yeah, I wow. know, right? Like, it's so upsetting. But it, I guess in terms of like Japanese food, uh, okonomiyaki is pretty fucking good. Oh, the pancake. Yeah. Japanese pizza, <laughs> okonomiyaki. <laughs> uh, yakiniku is amazing with good bits of meat. Like uh, Japanese barbecue is delicious. Mm, love a good slice of pizza. I saw someone had put spotted dick down. <laughs> yeah, I, I saw I'm, that. I'm, I'm hella with you. Spotted dick is like. What is B though? What is B? <laughs> I don't know what B is. I don't know what spotted. I have no dick idea is. what that is. I just noted. I just noticed the spotted dick, dick part, and I was like, <laughs> of "I'm with you." I, I think they just literally mean bees. You know, like like buzz buzzing honey bees. Just, just no. cram them in your mouth. Have that oh, delicious, what? stingy uh, spiciness. The, the little crunch. No, no. Uh. Spotted dick with custard. Oof. Wait, really? That spotted dick is good. Yeah, it's, it's a cake. delicious. It's a, it's a cake, cake thing. With, with raisins and currants in it, and yeah. oh, it's it's brilliant. Spotted dick sponge is a British pudding traditionally made with suet and dried fruit, and often served with custard. You know, I can I can Fuck say that yes. I have never had a spotted dick, but I am open to try at least one spotted dick in my life. <laughs> <laughs> I've had many spotted dicks, George. And uh, you should definitely try it. You, uh, of course, you have Liam. You, you, do, you, do, <laughs> you don't know what you're missing until you try it. Some might say you'll never go back. I just jotted down the title for this week's episode. So now that we figured that out, <laughs> <laughs> spotted dick birthdays. <laughs> what uh, what what, what video games do you guys want to talk about this week? Wait, video games. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, believe it or not, 20 minutes in, we can finally get to video games. Has anyone actually played? Because I've played something. I've played something. Okay. Matt, 2019 is the year of Matt bringing the new games to us anyway. I just talk about games you you guys have already played. And, you know, I I always, like, wait four or five weeks to catch up. (laughs) Actually, I'll be playing a new game next week, but this one is a... 
throwback. Ah. Uh, yeah. Ooh. Well, I'll get it. I'll get it out Curiosity. of the way first. Okay. Obviously, I spoke about Final Fantasy fourteen last week. Yes. I am still playing it. Oh God. Oh God. No. And I am. I am edging Uh-oh. ever closer to oh, no. the expansions. Oh no! You're gonna become one of those people. And <laughs> I will admit. For as much as the A Realm Reborn uh, scenario quests are just boring as hell, yeah, I really like this game. Wow! I so you really like the combat? Then like it. I love the combat. Mm. I don't so know why. One of those. Hmm. Yeah. Positional, rotational, yeah, like inputs. I don't know because I'm playing on a PS4 as well, so it feels a bit more like you're doing combos because you, you're holding yeah. Because you're holding the triggers and you're pressing the buttons and you're alternating between LR and R and the the right trigger LT and RT and mm. you know you're bouncing between them and you've got to move around at the same time. That's another thing I noticed about the trial that I really liked was it not only had like a story and a sense of place I was digging, but it also was the only MMO I played that managed to do a controller on on the PlayStation layout well. Yeah, yeah. I'm like once you get used to it, you don't feel hampered at all. Like I felt hampered initially. Like, it was fucking hard to just do shit that mm-hmm. is normal. But I got used to it, and I think it's really good. Some things are still annoying, like having to press the, the tab, the the big square button in the middle of the PlayStation 4 controller to, like, tab through all of the things on screen so you can click them, so you can click quests and shit without having to go through the start menus. But in regards to, like, dungeons and, like, roaming around the world, and I got my mount, I got a chocobo, and it plays chocobo music when I'm riding around town. I have the fat one, and it's so You've got a fat chocobo. Oh, I've seen people riding. I I played with a friend briefly. I totally forgot I had a friend on my PS4 list who also plays the game, and he has leveled, he's, like, max leveled every job. Yeah. Um, But he turned up, like, in fucking Noctis' regalia. And I was oh. like, what the fuck is Noctis' regalia from Final yeah. Fantasy XV doing here? And he was like, yeah. oh yeah, it's like a special event. And I was like, sweet. And he was like, you can ride in it as well. Yeah. Like, what? He's like, yeah, four people can ride in it. And I was like, oh my the god. The mounts and animations in that game are top oh, great. tier. Brilliant. Top it's tier. fantastic. Like So I'm I'm like racing as fast as possible to like get to heaven's ward and then i have Stormblood, and uh i will probably get stormbringers when i get to 60 mm-hmm. so i'm like 42 so i'm super close to being able to do samurai job yeah i'm just immediately as soon as i hit 50 no matter where i am in the main scenario i'm just like jumping on the samurai job you, you're doing what i'm doing what i did yeah <laughs> I went straight jumping, to the samurai. Jumping, yeah, jumping straight on the samurai, and then I'm going to breeze through all of the main scenario quests through Heaven's Ward, through Storm's Blood, and then get to Shadowbringers. I'm sticking with it. I'm really liking it. It's great. That's good. That's good. So yeah. now that's yeah. out of the way. It's it's guys. I, yeah, guys. I I spent a week with the quest. Oh, the, the Oculus quest. Yes, oh. I spent a whole week with Ooh. the Oculus quest. Okay. I spent a whole week. I, I, it was it was like I owned VR. <laughs> it was this close. So so, so how's it treating you? So well, I've I've had to uh, give it back as of yesterday. With all which, the sweat, with mm. all my sweat, all your DNA inside of it. Yeah, he has a part of you now. 
So if somebody wants to clone me and eat pizza with me, mm-hmm. they can do that. Um, but I borrowed it for a week from my office because Oculus sent our office some dev kits and stuff. So oh. I was like, okay, I'm going to take one of these. I'm going to fucking give it a go. <laughs> so first off, the Quest is amazing. I know we've spoken about it a little bit on the show before and you guys haven't had a chance too to much to experience yeah. with it. But that, like, no wires shit, everything held inside of their headset is amazing. Mm. Is absolutely amazing. And although you can do, like, positional tracking with the Quest really well, it yeah. has, like, stationary tracking. So you can you can either have room scale, where you can move about completely, or you can have completely stationary, and that it puts, like, a ring around you. Yeah. And then inside of it, if you, like, step out of the ring in real life, it brings up barriers inside of the game you're playing. Mm-hmm. That's regular. Then... That's regular. Okay. Yeah. So in my Japanese apartment, that really helps. Right. <laughs> so you don't hit anything. So I didn't hit anything. Yeah. I was, I was playing Beat Saber, which is pretty much like God's gift to the planet. Um, and I had no problems playing in my tiny-ass Japanese apartment. Yeah. No fucking problem. So I spent way too much time this week playing Beat Saber. Which, as a fan of rhythm games already that we have touched upon on this show before. Dude, Beat Saber is so good. I haven't that's, played that's it yet. The, the other killer app next to Super Hot. Everyone but like, throws people into Beat Saber to show them how cool VR is these days. It's just so good. Like how how it feels. Like when you cut something and it vibrates in your hand and you just Man. Like when the little when the tips touch. Oh my god. Ooh, when the blade tips, tips touch. touch. When tips touch and mm. it vibrates and you're like, oh, it's so good wow okay but why the fuck is it literally got like three songs on it well on uh the pc version i believe and this is actually why i haven't even bought the game yet you can uh import your your own songs and and that's something that's it's apparently harder to squeeze in the other versions i don't understand how this like incredible piece software that obviously has exploded in popularity because it's on everything yeah has literally like 20 songs on it like guitar hero came with at least like 60 the first original guitar hero why the fuck has this game only got like 20 you can play through all of the songs in less than an hour it's 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 weird oh that's right and most of the songs are original songs by whoever was part of the beat saber team which is fine, and they're good songs, but they're not like, you know, yeah, songs you know, yeah, uh, popular songs or whatever. The Beat Saber makes their own beats. Um, like if they you do. on PC, do you just slot it, slide in your regular music, and it just makes it, makes a track. I don't, I don't think it's like audio surf, George. You know more about this, right? I have not actually. Uh, I've played Beat Saber, but I have not owned a copy myself. Okay. You need to get Beat Saber. It's so good. Yeah, I've always been tempted to get the PSVR version, but it's the complexity over that song importing thing that's that's kept me from pulling the trigger. Because because I might get a PC set, so yeah. Who knows? The only how thing that hampers the game is the lack of songs. Because everything else, like 
the way it's presented, the way everything is visually clear to you, what it asks you to do, how it ramps up difficulty, the modifiers in which you can uh, change the songs and do stuff to get more points or less points or uh, to make the songs easier so you can practice. Just everything it does, it's like learned from other rhythm games and it's done a, a amazing job. And that game is just so good. So much fun. About how long does it take to play through the, the default selection? Like, I guess you, you could probably play through all of the songs, like, you know, if you're relatively good at rhythm games on like the normal difficulty within like an hour oh wow okay yeah i see i see i see what you mean like selection on the i don't know if it's different on the other platforms but on the quest it's like selection one of all the original songs which is like 10 it's like selection two and there's like five more and then they have like ost extras which is like some other songs from other artists including the kda song from league of legends which is great to dance to and then there is another OST extra, I think, with a couple more songs. But then the only other two packs are one pack from some artist or group that I don't know about. And then the other one is Imagine Dragons. And that's like Ooh. their new thing. But that costs like 30 bucks. Whoa. Okay. So you don't get, like, you have to buy that on top of the game itself. And the game itself is also like 30 bucks. So it's like, <laughs> wow. hmm, okay. $60 for like less than like. 40 songs or something. I don't know. Man, and the and the Beat Saber original songs, like uh, the ones that were made for the development of the game, are all like less than two minutes long. They're all like relatively short tunes. They're good, surprisingly good, actually, for like an original soundtrack for a rhythm game. They are actually surprisingly good. Um, but yeah, it's kind of disappointing. But man, it's so much fun to play. Uh, I didn't really play... I didn't really have much options in terms of playing other stuff, but I managed to play through the Vader Immortal thing that I got to taste a couple of weeks back. And that's good fun, too. Is, is it kind of a different experience doing it in your own home rather than the, the demo hype station? Yeah, like taking your time through it and like sort of absorbing things. Like the one-on-ones you get with Darth Vader are like fucking sweet as fuck. Having him right there, like in front of you, in all his dark, Darthy glory... Oh. I can see I can see why this has been a running theme now for trying to get me in a VR. I can see the light. Good, good. It's 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 a nice light. I would like an Oculus Quest. Yeah, Rift S. I would I would like VR to catch on. Yeah, just, and yeah. just 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 get just get Rift S. I just don't want any wires. I'm t- no, I'm totally down with low resolution and four no wires. No, no, I I think it's the same resolution. I I just think that you. There's a limit on the games you can play on, like the Android system. That How much the, the helmet can render. Yeah. Yeah, but considering I'm coming at it as somebody who's never played any of the games, for me, there's already like a shit ton of games out there that I've never experienced. Yeah. But how is the resolution? Because it's already pretty decent on the first one. Yeah. Like, it's when you're looking dead on and you've got it like sorted and the headset's on your face quite well, it's, yeah. it's fine. It's fine. You still like, see like, when you, the screen door. Oh. Uh, not so much, but the, there is a massive gap between your nose and the headset. Oh. Way huh. bigger. So you can literally look down the bottom out to the floor. Mm. Interesting. Like I could, I could still pick up my phone, 
see through the corner of the hole between the gap between my nose and the headset, and I could text people while I still had the VR headset on. Maybe they want you to be aware. Yeah, uh, so you don't trip yeah. over the cat. Yeah. They don't want you Maybe, to just get sucked in. Because you could probably close that up. They don't if you want, want you to kick a toddler while you're playing. Yeah. Because you can't turn the lights off, because then the trick the tracking doesn't work. Oh shit. Oh, that's what I thought would be the fix for, for fully immersing yourself. You can't turn the light on. So oh. you, you will always until you get super immersed, you will always have like the light peering through. What if you uh, stuffed a piece yeah. of cloth or towel in the gap? Yeah, you can cover that it. Could, that could do it. Maybe, yeah. maybe. I'm, I'm thinking, I'm picturing Liam with the VR headset in a room with a towel in his hand. I didn't think about it, but then, like, when I was playing, like, Beat Saber and stuff, and I was just fully immersed in it, it didn't bother me. It was only when I, like, wanted to look down to check where I was or to pick something up without having to take the headset off. Because... Another thing with the quest that is a little uh, bad is that the straps for the actual headset are not great, and they mm. can be rather uncomfortable after a period of time. Hmm. So you you don't necessarily want to take it off once you've got it comfortable, because then you'll spend like another five minutes after you've taken it off and putting it back on to readjust it. It's not exactly the best in that regard. But the, the, in terms of the resolution, like, unless you, like, look down, uh, it becomes pixelated, like, at the bottom of the lenses. But, no, I didn't really notice anything. It's, the reason why I ask is, um, it's, like, you can go into stuff like uh, VR chat, um, which is, I first experienced it last week, uh, which is very interesting. Um, and uh, <laughs> it's, like, a better version, not a better version in terms of games, but... Uh, um, interacting with other people um, than uh, Rec Room. Like what Rec Room was, that lobby was, yeah. but that that going, that being the purpose. How, how, how do you mean? Because back in the day, like you, you had the, the Ugandan knuckles, like like zipping around the place, making yeah. everything all awkward. Yeah. Um, is, that, is that still going on or have people kind of no, yeah, filter that out by that. now? Okay. Yeah, no, no. Okay. Still, but no, well, I I didn't I seen like one example of it, but it wasn't like um, they weren't going full on with it. They were just kind of making a reference. There was this guy. We're in like an apartment building, and there was like the stars were out and stuff, and this guy like was just playing his guitar and singing for like a good oh. minute. It was, and people were like. People were just like standing around. That sounds comfy. Yeah, like there's there's clubs that people go and dance at. Is it's it's some like oasis. So some Ready stuff. Player One super, shit. Yeah, yeah. Some super super important question. Yeah. Uh, Matt, what was your avatar? It was a big hot dog man. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was like it was there. I didn't want to go through all that stuff. I was like, okay, big hot dog, man. That 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 works. That works. <laughs> that works. Um, yeah, you can make your avatar really small. Anyways, I got sidetracked. The reason why I asked is because um, I like to watch, be able to watch videos. In VR. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say something else. No, no, like um, you know, like big screen. Where you oh can shit! Kind of yeah, no. Sit with people and yeah, you yeah, can yeah. just watch something. 
Yeah. Also, I didn't do any of that, but like, I did get lost in watching Netflix mm. in it. That's good. I don't know uh. if the Netflix app is the same for all of the VR headsets. Yeah. You're like in a ski chalet with mountains in the background. And, mm. and like dope. when you press play, all the lights dim inside of the chalet. That's dope. Oh, man, it was so good. I watched I watched four episodes of Evangelion Holy inside shit. of VR. <laughs> See, yeah, now, now I, imagine felt, that they're like oh let's <laughs> let's all watch it together and we just all just zip in isn't that weird that's that's the weirdest thing when that happens when that becomes normal i don't i don't know <laughs> how how do they do positional positional sound does everyone does it matter where you sit yes. like are there yes. speakers in the yes. room that you could yes. screw with the audio sound. up with yes this so, is so fucking weird yeah man it, it, Wow. It, it was it was super cool. Super cool to watch. And like the 360 videos and stuff that you could do on YouTube were intriguing enough, but they were not ever like the resolution is not for, too good. Yeah. Yeah, the resolution's really bad and everything's like zoomed out and stuff, but in terms of like watching you can like make the screen massive in the YouTube app. So mm. it was like truly like you were sat in a cinema just to watch like George's Sims video. <laughs> That's dope. I like it. I like it. I'm a I'm a believer. Well, I told you. I told you. Is it uh my turn? Go right ahead, my friend. I played Dented. Metal Gear Solid Five. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You mean V? Metal Gear Solid V. I forced myself. Remember when I couldn't do it? I was just like, I can't, I can't do it. Because did, it was just like Peace Walker. Did you start out fresh or, or yeah, fresh. pick up back where you left no, off? No, 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 fresh. I don't, I don't okay. like doing that. Um, it's you different can totally now. pick up where you left off in that game, though. Which is sad. Because that's not how Metal Gear should be. I'm wondering if I would rem- even remember how to pick it up. Like, the story Just jump is, into the desert. It's so it. long. No, the story is a short story, but stretched. Yes, <laughs> yeah, so it's garbage. So many episodes. All right, so it has everything I hate about Peace Walker. <laughs> everything. The the but chores, the, the busy play. work, the menus. Yeah, the gameplay is so good. The gameplay. Yeah, is the so gameplay is incredible. It's for that so game. solid. It is beyond solid. It sucks that there's. Like, you see a little bit of that magic, that Kojima magic. First, let me say, why is his credits everywhere? After every mission, I see his credits. What is going on? Like, he want to make sure, hey, I'm Kojima. Follow me. I'm Kojima. I'm Kojima. Because I'm leaving after this. <laughs> I'm Kojima. I don't know. It was weird. It was weird. Um, but a little bit of that magic came out. Like, like the music with the cigar. Like, that thing. Like, that's... I mean, that was that was cool. Like... I don't know. There was like certain parts where you're like, oh, okay, this this is like a Metal Gear game, and then you see nothing for hours and hours, <laughs> and you're just doing busy work and busy work. And I was like, okay, where's where's the like I don't know the weird enemies? 
and then yeah. and then you gradually become numb to the sensations that you thought you would get used to creating Metal Gear Solid V the Phantom Pain <laughs> maybe that's what it was all about I'm gonna put out a crap game <laughs> I mean it is like things happen even with the story that they have they messed up even with the story that mm-hmm. like nothing gets nothing worse. The story is terrible. It's it's pretty bad. It's pretty bad. It's the I don't know. It's, I would say it's one of the worst in the series. I would say so because he made it. He made a lot of good games before this. Four was even it's still more a good game. Four like game yes wise. yes the gameplay it's I, incredible. As, as again, I spent hours on that game, man, because I played the FOBs. I played a lot of the missions, a lot of the extreme. Uh, missions because those were fun. Oh yeah, where you have like, to overpowered later on in the game. So it was, work, like, work from, really from cool scratch. To get yeah, OSP. Um, the subsistence. Sorry, sorry, that's that's the one where they take everything away. Yeah, that one. Um, yeah, and uh, I, but like I don't know. It, it's mostly the game is um, you know sitting through hours of men touching each other. Yeah. You know? <laughs> It's like it's like, you know, getting right like Miller, like Miller, just kiss Snake already. You know what I'm saying? Like that's probably yeah. the real story. Like the love that triangle was, between Snake, Ocelot, and Miller. That's true. Right? What you just said was is that totally. My yeah. What? It, what did you say that? Like the love triangle? No, Ocelot loves Snake. Like this is canon. It's it's part of the story. And also, it's like the best character in the, in the whole game. To be honest, like oh, they turned so him calm. into such a flat cardboard cut. Yeah, he's but so this calm, is the though. I like the, him. this is the one game where Ocelot's calm. In all the other games, he's a freaking weirdo. But in this game, he's just at peace because he is with Big Boss. Oh. You know, remember when Ocelot would like meow, or yeah. like flip guns for an hour, or or shock people and and be like yeah, uh, it's, torture? It's a real form of art. It's really too serious, man. And and this one, he's just like, boss, that's a helicopter. You better take cover, or else I'll never see you again. <laughs> <laughs> and Miller's constantly trying to like go against Ocelot. No, boss, see me, see me, boss. <laughs> What is up with that? Like, like Raiden's balls getting grabbed. Like, I think I don't know, man. Like, there's a close up on Snake's butt when when you're in the beginning of the game when he's in the gown. <laughs> Butts are are an important theme throughout the Metal Gear Solid series. Is I, I wonder if that's like an excuse for like quiet because quiet is just like an excuse. Even though I gotta admit, I kind of like quiet. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. I kind of like why, but uh, like just the way her character is, and it's a cool concept. But it's like an excuse, dude. Mm-hmm. Come on, breeze through the skin. She's wearing mm-hmm. all the and the the way she acts in the in the helicopter. I'm like, oh, okay. just shoving her butthole into the camera. <laughs> like, come on. Like only like he's Kojima's right up there with like David Cage. <laughs> <laughs> Only those two can make me feel super weird. Oh my god, with cool characters like that's great. Um, yeah, uh, 
I really liked the gameplay. Like, I really liked it. It was solid. But um, the story was so bad. Got a barge. So bad. Nothing Nothing really cool happens. Like, th- that's it. The boss fights were kind of okay. And then that was it. Like, there's no... Like, in 4, at least you had cool stuff happening. Even though it was weird and... Probably the story was a little bit too much. It was eventful. At least you had stuff going on. At least it was fun. You know, it was fun playing those games. So let's see. What was my theory? That Yeah, the Phantom Pain might have been a concept taken too literally. The Moby Dick uh, inspirations might have been taken too literally. Yeah, the whole idea of Kojima getting up his ass and making something that, that's supposed to be sub- subversive and different might have been taken way way too far with this one. Yeah. Uh, e- either that or a lot of work got lost in the kerfuffle of, of Konami's mismanagement. And mm. there was a collector's edition with, with some extra content that seems like a more satisfying conclusion than what you'll end up getting. But that's that's speculation. That's, that's retrospect. What we got is uh, definitely not really up to par with the rest of the series. Yeah, no. No, it's not. <laughs> no, it's not. And um, I want to say something for all the people who played it <laughs> as well as me. Um, and they couldn't unlock missions and they were trying to figure it out. What the... F- like, a collective what the fuck. You know? Yeah. Come yeah. on. And that's that's what Come I on. noticed with Peace Walker was you can't get the true ending unless you do a, it's the like, same 80s... Thing. <laughs> it's the same Thing. Why? This, this labyrinthian 80s you need a strategy guide to figure it out philosophy that's not feasible I, I, for most for, I, I don't I was, know I was waiting to see Paz I was waiting to see some crazy stupid stuff and I get nothing <laughs> I, get, I get what the, the character I forgot about as, as the man on fire like come on man <laughs> so so how's the the gear unlocking research curve these days because that game has a little microtransaction metagame layer to it that yes, has it changed significantly since since when I was playing it back during the the launch season and I remember booting it up a couple times since then and seeing all these extra palette swaps of gears that are on the, the unlock tree now that take a lot longer to, to unlock than... Like a couple than the days. Mm. Some of them, mm. like even the missions are six days sometimes. Just six to get like, days? To get like, like, I think... It's like 10 S-rank soldiers or... They want you to go to work and clock in instead of play their game. It's it's really weird. FOBs, you can make them extremely hard. Um, yeah, which is other, if people don't know, it's other player, uh, like, bases that you can infiltrate and get, like, Which is a cool from. concept. I, I enjoy I, yeah, th- a good chunk fun. of my time with the FOB missions. Those, those are fun. Um, but, yeah, there's a, uh, always online components to that game. You have... You, they start you off well, at least for me. I don't know I got it back at launch. Um, I had like a million credits on um, online money, so it was like an easy start off for me. I was able to buy a lot of stuff straight out. Um, 
but um, it's pretty easy doing FOBs to get money and fuel. But I can't imagine FOBs not being there because you wouldn't be able to upgrade anything. And you wouldn't be able to get a lot of the end game like uh, tranquilizers because I don't know. It, I feel like it's not. I feel like it's fun to play the tranquilizer game instead of it being like I'm gonna put a rocket to the face. <laughs> yeah, right, did I you don't unlock know. the, like, the rocket punch? Uh, I Rock- did. Rocket punch is a good uh, good for when you run out of tranquilizer ammo. I like <laughs> rocket the punch shotgun. is literally the best reason to play the game. The shotgun is good though. The shotgun has a stun. Wait, you're killing one. people? No. Oh, good. It's good, a. Good. It's you run up and you shoot them and they fly. They fly a <laughs> like across the map. And um, sometimes if you got to be careful because if they're if you're near a cliff and you shoot them, they might fly off the cliff. <laughs> but yeah, like it's. Um, it, I like the way that it's designed. That people, if people wanted to kill people. Like, you could do that, and there's, like, a bunch of guns for that, and everything, I don't know, everything works. A bunch of guns I will never unlock. Yeah. (laughs) Because I was just, like, tranquilizer, rocket punch, CQC, nothing else. See, what, what you had to do was unlock those weapons, because they gave you extra, like, ammo, mags, and, um, upgrades to, like, the silencer to put on those weapons. Uh, if you get the weapon guy, the weapon specialist, you can customize your weapons. Mm, yeah. You never got that? No, no, I got I remember uh, oh, okay. slapping a tower of scopes on top of the some yeah. AK-47 looking thing that I, I used every now and then. <laughs> yeah, it's fun. Yeah, anyways, the gameplay was fun. Just The story was... The story was bad. <laughs> the story was really bad. Um, so let's, let's talk about MMOs some more. Speaking of me waiting four or five weeks to catch up, I got two games I've been playing this week that you guys talked about four or five weeks ago. Great. Uh, first We're really up, bad at this. First up is uh, Elder Scrolls Online. I had a friend share an account with me, played it for uh, uh, about four or five hours one night over the weekend. And yep, it does not feel like a traditional MMO. Sure does feel like a like a janky Elder Scrolls game, which which is building on top of a concept that's already got a degree of jank people put up with. But I... I, it was it was good. It was fine. I don't know if I'm going to get hooked by it, though. And I actually am eager and wanting to pick up FF14 after I've had my fill. But my uh, friend who set me <laughs> up with the account is telling Come me in. that I'm, I'm actually genuinely expecting that I might actually like FF15 and ruin my life. But any or 14 and then ruin my life. But anyways, the friend who set me up said that there is supposedly some really good writing in the series for some of the extra quests in the Vardenfell region, which is uh, where where the old 2002 2003 Morrowind that's game took place. That's where I spent like all of my time. At, supposedly, that's the good place. That's the place you want to be. Really. I mean, Alf. don't get me wrong, I had fun with it, but I wouldn't say the writing was exactly... Okay, okay, And I'm kind of with you. Boy. Okay, <laughs> I need you to back <laughs> up off. Okay, so. do, do you guys remember the, the Mage's Guild in Skyrim? 
where yeah. 20 minutes after starting the quest, suddenly the stakes are way higher than even the main quest. I mean, in the main quest, Skyrim, uh, dragons might destroy Skyrim. In the Mage's Guild sub-quest, though, which is this optional hidden in the top of the map, like, the the, the perceptual reality of our multiverse is at stake because of a, a universe-ending orb that, that gets found at the bottom of an archaeological dig site. It felt like that. Like, 15 minutes after arriving in Vardenfell, you're, you're meeting up with the mythical God King Vivek to to save the universe from from God's thinking about it the like wrong Vivek. way or something. No, it, I mean it's cool. It's just coming from from a longtime fan of the series. I, I appreciated how long of a build up there was in, in Morrowind. Like it was it was weeks of playing that game before you ever get to meet Vivek. Like you read oh, that's... you you read the, the Vivek Bible. You you follow the the Vivek monks around. Like you get involved with the lore before you meet up with mm. the man himself. Yeah, and and here I was meeting up with him very shortly after arrival, and also I don't know if if the combat is as convincing as I as as you guys have been playing it up too. Like especially, hey, hey, hey. I, I think it's me. That was me. Yeah, yeah, it was it was Matt. Okay. I complained. Okay, it feels like MMO combat, but with like an extra button you press that makes it a, a disguise. Because uh, especially if you use the bow and arrows, you can tell. Like, if you click on an enemy with the bow and arrow equipped, mm. your guy will play an animation where he knocks an arrow and fires it. And even if you, like, look away, it'll still hit. If there's a wall between you and the enemy, it'll still hit. It's tracking where you click and when rather than the collision detection of what's in the map in the world. And uh, is it just me or is it also really, really easy? Oh, it's easy now. It wasn't then. No, 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 no. It's when you when you level up, it doesn't get easy anymore. <laughs> you start dying. Wait, how does that work? If if you level Wait. up and higher, it gets more. Huh? Wait a minute. Yeah, because you learned the game after playing to a certain level. Then hmm. the game says, "Okay, you know the game now." Because I I did not get the close to death. And, you know. I, I I felt like I did not need to dodge. The dodge roll. roll. I could not get used to i had to literally bind it to a key because the double tapping of the keys just oh, no. never worked oh no i want to say tap. though that i'm in it for the writing and exploration i want to see what content my friend finds so compelling and i do enjoy exploring environments from other games but in a different time period it's kind of cool seeing seeing Hardenfell, but from a prequel a couple hundred years earlier like like the cities aren't as developed the forests are like thicker with wildlife and foliage and Matt, uh, what would you say was better story-wise mgs5 oh, elder scrolls online oh oh, oh and i why are you comparing the two see you're just trying to he's trying to get me angry he's just trying to <laughs> mgs5 will be Always be low. Always I liked be low. it. I enjoyed my time with him, man. Uh-huh. I'm sure he did. I'm sure he did. Yeah, just trying to, to, to cover your booty. Oh, you I know just, what? Oh, this, I, I just liked... Did you, did you finish... The people be- and rabbit people more. Did you finish A Realm Reborn? Did you finish the end for that? No, I haven't yet. No, I'm getting towards it. God damn it. Okay. There's a certain part I want you to see, which is my favorite mm. part in... I'm getting closer. MMO history. I'm getting closer. Okay. okay. I think I'm like 30 quests away. Jesus. Jesus Christ. <laughs> so, but you you know that's close in regards to how many 
fucking quests are they? Oh, and there, you gotta I'm, go I'm, to a beach, and then you start talking gibberish, and you're just like, oh, why am right, I playing? All right, oh, chill, chill. I'm wondering how these two games handle their immersion aspects to it, because one of the things that I think I mentioned that I, I, I was kind of keeping me from MMOs back in the day was this feeling that, that you're in a theme park ride set up for thousands of adventurers instead of your one only personal quest. And I, I was clearing out the tutorial dungeon, and uh, after I killed all the enemies and was checking the treasures for loot, they respawned about four or five minutes later? And then I started seeing other players run through the same dungeon, and they're not fooling anyone. It's going to be hard for me... <laughs> To, it's to, an MMO, man. I know. You have to suspend your disbelief. It's for shit gonna like that. be harder for me to suspend my disbelief. I'm actually I'm, surprised you saw many players. I I say many, but eh, I want to say like uh, I might have seen a grand total US, of forty though. players total, with like five running around in the dungeon about. Uh, 30 to 60 seconds spaced between them. Not a lot, but definitely not a little. Yeah, they're, they're it is, there. It is, I, I don't know if it's just the Vardenfell area because it was like the first expansion or whatever, but it just never felt populated at all. Ooh, also, I remember one thing that weirded me out. I was expecting it to all be one big continuous map, not um like stalker-style outdoor areas that still have mountain ranges surrounding them that give you loading screens. You mean an MMO? I remember playing WoW, and there were like two big continents with an ocean between them, but there was no loading screen, I thought, on either continent. WoW's, WoW's the same. Like, you have, like, areas, but then you have to travel to the the different continents and islands. I don't remember seeing as many loading screens in WoW. Anyway. I'm... To be fair, Vardenfell's pretty, pretty massive, and considering how many areas that game has, that, that game has a lot of areas. Like, fair play to... Elder Scrolls Online, that game has a lot of areas. Final Fantasy XIV, on the other hand, especially with the Realm Reborn, is like three areas that are all aesthetically the same, that are very hard to traverse because they can be confusing. Whereas Elder Scrolls Online map and everything definitely way easier, a lot easier to traverse. And than, you have uh, mat- a mods, a lot of mods to do anything you want. Customize the UI, the map, the mini map. It's, it's great. It's great. So, uh, are you still playing? Uh, uh, oh, um, I'm sorry. I've been. I haven't had time to do two at once. So, <laughs> it's because you're playing Metal Gear Solid Five. Yeah. So I, I took a break and started doing Metal Gear. <laughs> That and game I just—I don't know if it was worth it. I don't know if it was just worth makes it, me yeah. depressed. Like it's a sad game. Like it has a vibe of melancholy to it. Mm-hmm. Like even the music is is kind of wistful and nostalgic, and and it knows that the good times have gone away forever. <laughs> Anyways, um, yeah. speaking of the exact opposite of that, reminder of of the good old times has come back this year, and I am also five. Five, six weeks behind on this one. I, uh, I'm i playing through DMC5, guys. Yeah. Woo. Wait, didn't we talk about this recently? I, I A little bit, a little bit. There was a little bit I, I gave out during our E3 episode about photogrammetry. Oh, about how yeah. uh, the costumes and the props for for being, like, stupid anime demon hunter creatures, everyone looks 
plausible somehow. How do they do it? How do they how do they scan these faces in that ride that line where they claw out of the uncanny valley to simultaneously look like real people and also anime super people? Everyone looks so fucking hot. Yeah. Everyone in this game is like the <laughs> coolest looking. They all look perfect. Yeah. Everyone, even, even Kylo Ren. <laughs> Virgil's you know hairline. It's, it's, it's you those blemishes, actually. hairline was like pretty, pretty rough. It, <laughs> it, looks, it looks like Virgil's balding, for and, sure. And Dante's got that scrubby, half-grown-in facial hair. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's I think it's it might be those little blemishes actually that that make your brain look at them and be like, "Oh, there's imperfections on this person, therefore I can kind of relate to them on a human level." Um even like Ky- V's Kylo Ren ass nose is is charming still. It's just so fucking charming and comparing DMC5 to DMC4 is is like or at least the chunk of DMC4 I did play, the the first five, six hours, it, it's so much more drab in comparison. This one has humor and life and energy to it and, and really damn good music. And surprisingly enough, it feels like a slightly slower-paced game, but I like that. It, the combos aren't complicated. I can keep track of, of what's going on when I'm flipping through the air and things are getting crazy. It's it's good stuff. It's good stuff. And then I see what you guys mean when you actually have to play as V and you fight with your animals instead of your your, your own swords. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, 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 yeah. It's like you're like kind of like you're not in control. I'm I'm wondering how if if I'll get used to that. But uh, Nero <laughs> is fun. I haven't gotten to the parts where you play as Dante yet. But you haven't yet. Mm-mm. There's oh. there is so much to the game, come like, back especially Nero. Later. Like again, like when we were talking just about it, I was just like, "Oh yeah, I don't like Nero. I like Dante." But man, the videos I've seen of Nero doing yeah. some the stuff you Nero's realize fun. you can do. I'm having fun with playing, Nero playing Dante and swapping out his weapons and stuff. Then the next time you go play Nero, you realize you can swap out of the like the arms yeah like you can break them and then combo them together and stuff like that and you can use them more often you're not as scared about breaking them you yeah. start doing some crazy stuff with nero towards the end yeah i'm, I'm wondering how it's gonna play out because it feels like the story is reaching some kind of conclusion but i know that you're supposed to be playing as dante for a good chunk of it so <laughs> either way reaching though a conclusion i'm having devil may cry game Oh whatever, whatever. I'm having fun. I'm <laughs> yeah, having it's an fun. Amazing game. It, it feels like a blast from the past, except with all of today's modern accessibility options. Like the quality of life screen that it makes you go through when you boot it up is just good stuff too. Like it throws you right into the options screen before you even hit the new game button to to make sure you're seeing everything right. And then when you do hit the new game button, the camera swoops around this guy who's like, our hero Dante has been in there for hours. I hope he's okay. And then he turns, swoops the camera in and Dante turns into like a common writer. And there's a little like snarf character who makes silly quips on the side. It's got, it's, it knows how fun it's supposed to be. It's, it's, I, I like this attitude. <laughs> It's good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I think that's uh, the two most exciting games I played this week. I dabbled in my usual multiplayer staples. Rainbow Six Siege has got a cowboy mode. 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, so check this out. It's a 3v3 that uh, forces all the players to use either some some old-style revolvers or old-style shotguns. And the shotgun makes um, the destruction still relevant. You uh, have a 3v3 shootout around this desert Fort Alamo-style building, but you can peek through planks of wood at people and, and destroy the planks of wood. And I... It's surprisingly fun, and I'm wondering if they're using this as a prototype, like uh, like they did with the um, naval ship battles in Assassin's Creed Black Flag that later became its own uh, uh, pirate game. And then they uh, are also announcing some new concepts based on this Left 4 Dead-style zombie mode they gave Siege um, about a year and a half ago, which was a lot less fun than this one I've found. And so I'm wondering if Ubisoft is is thinking of, uh, now that RDR2 is out, of, is that they're thinking of Western-themed multiplayer shootout games um also i mean considering rockstar really messed it up with rdr2 online there is a an online cowboy hole to be filled mm-hmm there's there's fistful of frags and that's like ancient and i can't readily think of any others you know it's a it's it's definitely a concept that can be explored and this mode is having a little bit of uh, non-canon fun doing just that. Uh, Apex Legends Season 2 is out. I played a bunch of rounds one night. You know, remember those dinosaurs that were out in the ocean? Yeah. Yes. They are now Briefly. stomping around the map, although they do not move around. They are kind of like stage hazards. If you're around them when they lift their legs up, you don't want to be underneath those legs when they put them back down. The map has been changed to feel a little faster paced. Like I feel like there's slightly less cover and more hills to slide down because um, they're they're working off of a concept that these dinosaurs um, the, that a big tower fell down and that there's wreckage. So there's there's less things standing up than there were before. There's some crate more craters you can slide in and out of. And a new hero girl who makes electric fences that you can use to help barricade yourself into all these houses that that Matt and I have found is is kind of what the final moments of an Apex Legend match yeah. boils down to is two houses shooting at each other out their windows. And mm. that's video games. That's video games. <laughs> that's I, maybe I should try some Apex, man. Been wanting to uh, dabble up again. back in there. Uh, the good thing about this new content pack is that it's attracting players who don't have hundreds of kills on their records now. So the the skill gap is a little, a little more even than last time I picked it up a week earlier than this. Uh, getting sniped from across the map. Um, that hasn't happened in Apex, but definitely don't want that feeling. Mm. Right now, oh. I have really good thoughts for Apex. <laughs> I don't want to go. I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm dead already. Okay, let me let, let, let me know if you wanna 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 pick up a couple rounds yeah, this weekend. Uh, and maybe we can make it happen. Yeah. yeah. Mm. We should both play Final Fantasy fourteen. I'm I'm already ahead of you. I'm coming closer. <laughs> so you can so you you can come help me out. Oh oh and and and. And what? This, the story missions are not a uh, co-op, sadly. I, I I mean no, but you can. Uh, In an MMO, they're can... not co-op. Yeah, it's get, weird, man. Right? MMOs got weird. I mean, you can still party up with me while I do them, and you can help me beat the monsters. 
Oh yeah, I guess so. I'm doing what? all this solo story-driven questing and Elder Scrolls, and apparently that's also how Final Fantasy MMOs. MMOs got both weird. Of them are really story-heavy. Yeah. I was reading a thread on Resetera today, though, that people are just like saying, uh, "Storm, uh, Storm, not Stormbringers, Shadowbringers, and Stormblood, and like Heaven's Ward are just like top-tier." Final Fantasy stories, like, what? way better than the mainline stuff. Is what? that true, Matt? The hell? You don't think so? Oh, well, I never played... I haven't played uh, Stormblood yet. I'm, like, right there. But I haven't uh, tipped it. But, um... Hemsworth? Uh, nah. No. Not at all. Better than 15? Well, I haven't finished 15 because I just couldn't do it. But so. it's not going to be... I wouldn't say it's better than 7. Yeah, but that's like picking out like literally the be- everybody's favorite Final Fantasy. 9? I mean, I play like the ha- half of 9. And I still think I enjoy 9 better than Heavensworth. Yeah? It just, it just mm. seems... I don't know. Heavensworth seems boring to me. This is boring. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, but uh, apparently Bloodstone, Bloodstone, um, Stormblood, Stormblood, Stormblood is more uh, Hollywood action-packed, is what my friend says. Okay. So it's it's more my speed, like more like action, because um, I, I really enjoy the end for A Realm Reborn, and they just didn't ride that. They didn't ride that hype. It just stayed bland. In my opinion, and I guess people like that political garbage, and I just don't. I don't want to play that in my MMO, and I'm forced to. Like I can't skip you don't these like quests. Political garbage. I don't like political garbage. I never. I don't even like it in Metal Gear. I just do it. it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my I'm god! The Soviets have invaded. It's like, come on, uh. come on! I, I just, just no, <laughs> please. Yeah, but yeah. <laughs> oh well. Yeah. Um. Hopefully you enjoy it, because mm. if you've been enjoying this, then you you might enjoy it. I, I, well, that's the thing is, I'm sure I'll enjoy it because holy shit. Uh, if it's better than A Realm Reborn, as you said, then it, it, it yeah, must it's be definitely good. better from better. Yeah, the ending from Realm Reborn is too good, but yeah. Cool. 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 Cool bean. Cool. I wonder if there's like a fake commercial for cool beans I can throw into this gap for the break. Cool, cool beans. A lot of people will make Bush's baked beans taste so darn good. All that beautiful bean footage. Some think it's our specially cured bacon, our fine brown sugar, or our delicate blend of spices. But the real reason our baked beans taste so good is the Bush secret family recipe, which I've shared with only one other soul, and he's not talking. Roll that beautiful bean footage. Uh-oh. Great-tasting Bush's baked beans. No one makes them better. Welcome back to the officially licensed, registered, updated, redeemed, Dad and Sons non-interactive podcast entertainment audio media product. I am your human, George Weedman, with uh, these fellow humans, um, um, Matt Visual and Liam Edwards. And we got... Uh, some a, a lot of news I, has happened this week. I tried to pick out the two that we might get the most discussion out of. Mm-hmm. I mean, we are but robot humans 
We have emotions. I, I don't think I can keep my emotions contained for at least one of these stories. So so I'm going to start with uh, the, the less intense of the two. And that is... It's sad because both are cases of, of companies getting confused about how to how to engage with, with the public when, when releasing their products in this strange new world. The first involves Valve uh, and their summer sale minigame for this year. The, the Grand Prix. The Grand Prix metagame asks users to join a specific team and grants each one a capacity of 100 points, which are then earned by completing quests and claiming achievements. The more money you spend... I, I, IRL, the more points you have the capacity to earn in, in the minigame, and the more points you earn, the further you'll help your team progress in the race. And when the race is over, Valve says that drivers from the top three finishers will be selected at random to receive the top-ranked item from their Steam wishlist. When they originally released the mechanics for this... Oh, God. Oh, geez, they found me out! Um, <clears throat> when they officially... When they officially the originally... <laughs> That reminds me that in Metal Gear Solid Five, I think I, I had a lot of fun uh, making my characters look like anime police. Anyways, when Valve originally released <laughs> this uh, mini game sale, they noticed that a lot of developers were having their games taken off of people's wish lists because people assumed they didn't notice. Well, Valve the developers noticed notice. first. Valve yeah. noticed later. Valve didn't do shit. So a lot of indie developers noticed that they were having a spike in removals from their wish lists, that players were actually not putting a game they wanted at the top of the wish list. They were just completely cleaning their wish lists out and uh, replacing smaller indie games with more expensive ones that they'd be less likely to buy themselves and more likely to want to win for free in a contest. Um, <sighs> Raymond... Uh, Door and another developer named Jank Burkett were Burkett. the ones reporting on, on these graphs of, of the spikes. Uh, they say, quote, we're seeing an abnormally high amount of wishlist deletions. Um, he and a number of other developers have seen a rapid yeah, spike in the number of times their games were being deleted from people's Steam wishlist. So Valve has released this statement saying that it's clear we could have done better. <laughs> Um, we have heard your feedback about the complexity of the Steam Grand Prix event. We've designed something pretty complicated with a whole bunch of numbers and rules and recognize that we should have made it more clear. We want to apologize for the confusion this has caused and also apologize for the broken mechanics that have led to an unbalanced event. Ugh. I'm I'm scared. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if I'm scared. I'm disappointed. I'm I'm saddened with the state of, of the digital games media marketplace. I remember in 2004, going on to 2008, it seemed like such a wonderful revolution to, to have these games available for, for cheap on a more convenient platform. And now it's... There's so many issues that have arised since then from from what feels like an overall cheapening of the entire video gaming experience since then. This is just this is just what Valve are known for being bad at, which is communication. They're awful. Like truly, truly, truly awful at communicating anything. New game announcements, uh, Steam policy changes, uh, anything. 
to do with being a consumer and being a dev, like everything. Valve is awful. Have you guys ever ever tried to do a customer support ticket on Steam? No. They, they will close it seconds flat. <laughs> the the moment they respond to your inquiry, they'll they'll think of whatever reason they can to close the ticket right then and there. Like Valve haven't released a game since Artifact, and obviously that was that was obviously it doesn't even exist essentially anymore. It just came out and died. And that was like their first game for like a, a decade almost. Like their last single player game was Portal Two, twenty eleven. So the the only thing Valve have any credit for right now is the storefront in which they run, and obviously they've come up against increasingly uh, competitive competition recently. And they are doing nothing but still fucking shit up. And, like, people might not realize how much of a massive, massive hit this fuck up. Like, yes, gamers are the ones, or people who own the wish lists on Steam are the ones who deleted the games. But it's via miscommunication from the storefront as to why this happened. And wish lists don't directly equal sales. But if you are releasing your game on Steam in a couple of months, you will always see, like always, devs asking for people to wishlist their game prior to release. And the reason for that is that the way Steam's stupid storefront works is that the more wishlists you have, the better chance, and some devs only one chance, considering how many games get released on Steam daily, it is your one chance that once your game goes live, if you have a numerous amount of wish lists, you could potentially get on the front page. That's how that system works. Yeah. So if all these indie devs who have spent time and money into PR and marketing and hounding people on Twitter to get wish lists, and all of a sudden they've seen these huge spikes, and I've seen it across about 50 plus different devs over the last week, with charts sh- showing the progression of the spike in deletions. Like, it was like a plague had come across all indie developers of a certain size, where just all of their wish lists were deleted. And this is like months of people's work trying to get these things so that when they release their game, it has a fighting chance to get some notice on the front of the Steam store. And all in one day, Valve just like Thanos snapped that shit away. How revealing is it that in in a matter of two years, the roles have reversed and the Nintendo Switch is now the... The seemingly friendliest, most competent indie game marketplace that is also earning them the most money. Uh, yeah, it's weird because some people might say that's not true because obviously the Switch has a lot of things. But you look at all of the most popular devs on the Switch and on Steam, they make tenfold more money on Nintendo Switch than they do via Steam. Like, devs make their whole dev cost back in like a day on Nintendo Switch. It's ridiculous because Switch has more rigorous curation than Steam. Yeah, since the Steam Golden Age, the marketplace is full of like I've I know more about Cyberprank 2069 than I do about 
games I'd rather know about. I was I'm still playing Wargroove on my Switch, and I doubt <laughs> I would have ever bought it on on Steam. Valve's uh, problem was that they went full when they initially had to decide on a focus of how the store progresses. They went with community. They thought that being a community-driven platform would help them be able to shift popular games to the forefront, no matter what the dev was or how small it was or whatever the beginnings were for that game. Because they thought community-led aspects would always find out underrated stuff and people would be talking about it and it would get shared around naturally, kind of like how Twitter works. But it didn't work like that. All that happened was we saw review bombing and wishlist deletions and... Shock content, pranks. Yeah, and asset flip nonsense and stuff like that. School shooting simulated. Fuck off, man. Jesus Christ. As a dev, like, it might be harder to get on platforms like the Nintendo Switch. And yes, don't get me wrong, like, obviously, the Nintendo Switch has some fucking garbage titles on it. But they've still gone through Nintendo's lot checks. Like, they have gone through it. You can't, Nintendo can't just deny a game based on it being a bad game, but they can deny it based on it not having sort of certain content or being just a broken mess. Or Steam, you just pay $100. That's all you do. Pay $100, you set up a bank account, and then you make your game live after 10 days. Are they even still doing the $100 entry fee? Yeah. Now okay. it's even easier. You don't have to go through Steam Greenlight. You literally just pay a hundred dollars. It's so discouraging to me to feel like among um, the 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 core PC gaming community, there's just no companies who can really be regarded as heroes anymore. Everyone's a fucking villain at this point, to some respect in some way. Like, okay, I was really really sad when, oh god. We we don't have to dwell on this. I was really, really sad when I looked up all these positive reviews for Outer Wilds, right? I want to get into Outer Wilds. I want to play it. I want to see what the hubbub is about. But it is currently an Epic Store exclusive. And it just... I hate knowing that I can't guarantee whether or not the Epic Game Store is going to be around in 10 years. But I can predict that Steam will. And I also can you predict... Can't. Well, it's a safe prediction. They've been around for like 15 years at this point. So, Lionhead were around for like 20 years. <laughs> like, nothing matters with no, the way no, Steam goes. Nothing lasts forever. But the thing is, is that it's a safer prediction as a consumer with money on the line and, and the possibility of wanting to play your digital games again in the future. Speaking of which, this week, the an old Microsoft store of ebooks just went offline. Books are going offline. But So, Microsoft... Yeah. Went away. And, and so, like, Steam could go away at any moment. What I'm trying to say is yes, that is absolutely positively true. You're right, but they have a boatload of money and they also have an infrastructure here that can last. And it is a safer prediction that Steam will be around in a decade and Epic Store might not be around in a decade. But whatever Steam becomes in a decade, I also predict to become shit. Like, they are on, on a downward spiral that's going to be a long, painful one that's not gonna make me feel good about how much money is at stake of the library i've built up in there too and yeah i don't know at this point i'm just gonna maybe i should maybe i'll actually wait until outer wilds is on 
GOG or Humble Bundle instead, so I can have that offline installer. Is that the only way you can really be sure of of the future at this point? Who knows, man? Who knows? Did you actually? Did either of you actually buy anything in this no. summer sale? No. It's been a long time since I've gotten into a Steam summer sale. I bought one game. Which what you get? I bought Divinity Two. Good, good game. Oh yeah, that's fine. Definitely good game, dude. And there's am... there's a Dragonborn, noble Dragonborn in there, by the way. Yeah, the Red Prince, right? Yeah. Yeah, I I found out him after I had made my D and D character, which we'll talk about next week. Yo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the next news story that I wanted to get into the topic is about more how. The next news story on the outline of, of this brain salad when I even think about it. God almighty. Speaking of companies that are having bad PR this week, this is... This is the kind of, like, cold, clinically bad feeling that makes you remember hospital visits. And it just kind of... It, it twists my stomach. It, it, it makes a lump in my throat happen when, when I even fathom the possibilities of, of the concepts jumping around in this story here. Are you guys fucking ready? Because I don't know if I am. Yeah, I haven't heard this one. Let's go. Oh, Matt, you're gonna, you're gonna, Matt, you're gonna fucking Matt, love I'm, all I see is whites shit. only and Matt, only. Matt, Matt, Matt. Yeah, I might need you to read some of these, <laughs> some of this material rather than me. Okay. <laughs> Okay, so Mordhau is a uh, medieval hack and slash multiplayer game that was uh, branched off of a, a fan community from Chivalry, and it's gotten pretty good reception. I have a friend who had a they lot of fun with they're it. They're dominating. They're dominating. And it's still in active development, though. They're adding more characters and more options, which include more more racial and gender options than than the original white guys slapping each other the game begins with which come on admit it most games begin with mm-hmm. but um when talking to an interview about um PC gamer about how they uh wanted to add these these other customization options and other characters uh there there was a confusing back and forth about a feature that apparently was being speculated in the development team about having filters for players opting out of seeing those other characters who don't look like like the default white man slash another default white man. What? Okay. How is this shit real? Uh, when asked about the inclusion of of these other you know, characters who don't look like the demographic majority of the United States of America. The uh, developer responded by saying that goes back to a similar situation as chat filters. Whatever stance we take officially, some group of people are going to be upset with this. And so ideally we put the power in the player's hands and give them the option to enable and disable different things. Uh, That got interpreted as being plans for them to put a, Oh my God, I can't even believe I'm about to say this a whites-only filter in a multiplayer video game. Mm. So the, the interviewer pressed it and, and said that adding that feature and giving the option for players to disable it, is that the current thinking? To which a developer replies, 
Yeah, that seems to be the current thinking. It's not set in stone. It depends on how our community is in the future. Maybe if it calms down in the future, the game will still have a lot of players, a lot of toxicity, a lot of racism, a lot of politics, everything. People argue and chat about all sorts of nonsense. Which created a controversy in which media and fans were arguing and speculating over whether or not he was talking about chat filters or gameplay model filters for seeing players who either look white only or, or, or male only. And the developers then released a statement clarifying that that was never a planned feature and that it's not going to happen and that it's silly, which sounds fine and everything up until <laughs> the developers released another statement clarifying further that that was actually about a male-only gender toggle. Uh, the quote in this case says... Quote, the responses given were referring to the gender part of the questions, which were based off an old controversial gender toggle idea to give players this ability that was simply a theoretical solution to a difficult problem and was never intended to be the official stance of Tritonarion on this topic, Tritonarion being the name of the developer. So this was a planned feature that the developer in the interview thought was going to be rolling out, but the developer higher up above them, I guess, in charge. I don't know. It sounds like they have a decentralized development studio that's spread across all these different countries where where they might not know what's actually in the works, but even then, the idea sounds like, like them painting a huge target on their back if they actually want to avoid media scrutiny. Think about the logic there, though. Would you have to scan your ID in for them to know? Because you could just choose that character. And you can just still be a part of every, everyone else's stuff. And I don't know. It's it, That's weird. Or is it a thing where they shift your character to their views mid-game and you still get to play with everybody? The way I've been mentally picturing it is a literal box in the options menu that you check or not that might be called something like demographic realism but is really just a whites only box which is fuck what the fuck so it changes my character from black to white on their screen on the other player's screen so that they yeah, just never so, even yeah. have to worry about losing to a black man <laughs> <laughs> those words coming at your mouth it's, it's like <laughs> so this has shined a spotlight on the Mordhau community and it's not a flattering one one so Ars Technica dug up an old forum post on the Mordhau Steam page in which a developer and moderator by the handle name of Crush wrote on the prospect of adding more underrepresented avatar characters that the realism complaint is valid. So when we add them, we might add a simple client side toggle for both female and male characters, which would let you disable them. So this has been a feature. They've been like tossing back and forth about whether or not they should actually pull the trigger on it since April. Uh, and, and after this controversy, I'm sure they won't, but this was actually in the pipeline to, to cater to people who don't even want to see women and racial minorities in their multiplayer video games. <sighs> Another thing that this media scrutiny spotlight has found out is the forum culture and how the developers are very tolerant of what the rest of us might consider some pretty egregious examples of racism. 
Um, oh boy. Hey Matt, I might need you for this one. <laughs> <laughs> when you get to the word, I'll I'll just I'll just not say it. I'll I'll, just, I'll say something. I don't know. <laughs> All right. If you are looking at the Google Docs outline, yeah, you will see me highlighting the. Yeah. Str- yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm okay. There, I'm there. I'm there. Yeah. You see. You see the name of this oh. thread, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm highlighting it. Go ahead, and I'll say it for you. <laughs> One of the forum's most popular threads is titled "Post Your Niggers." Niggers. Sorry, it wasn't an R there. And there's a T, there's a, a K. A K I, oh, what, what I don't think kids these days understand is that there is always an implication of the hard R. That is what that word is a shortening yeah. of. Yeah. You don't, like, that word is there because it helped slave traders and racists in history feel a little bit better about buying and selling human people because they would call it a different word instead. Yeah. So, yeah, the, the thread in question is full of oh and i guess i also gotta clarify oh it might not be a racial slur because they used a pun where they begin it with a k and an n instead of just the plain old and oh that makes it okay yeah <sighs> so the thread is is full of racial slurs and homophobic slurs there there's one player who questioned the racism in the thread's title another responded with with the uh, the galaxy brain comeback you are gay <laughs> In a PC Gamer interview, when questioned about whether or not they were moderating these forums, the developer said, This is one of our longest and oldest threads, as well as one of the most active threads in our forum, full of creative loadouts from our community. As for the title itself, we as a team don't find it racist or offensive, and considering the thread's content, we find it even less so. We as a team, like, like they are so fully okay with it. Oh, man. I, I, for some reason, I'm just, I, I guess I'm either I'm not surprised or I'm just numb. There's so much going on in the world that I'm just like, okay. I'm, okay. <laughs> oh, no, yeah, it's July 4th when we're recording this. I wonder how the uh, tanks in Washington, D.C. are, are holding up on the streets. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you have like a tank parade today or some shit? There's, there's supposed to be a tank uh, on display. I don't know if they were actually going to roll them down the streets. Oof. You got North Korea up in here? Oh, they're friends? Yeah, they were they were shaking hands a few weeks ago. I, uh, I, and, and a few months ago before that. Yeah. So the, the developers I've, I've looked up are from a lot of countries. Austria, Canada, Germany, Poland, Slovenia, Spain, Sweden. There's a possibility for a language barrier, but among like the, the Western Euro-descended world of, of that, English is going to be the, the language franca. And I, I, I suspect that there's also a lot of like infighting and disagreement right now among these developers themselves and this, this decentralized systems they have going on that might have caused this to become on a certain level one could argue this was a communication mishap on a whole nother level no, one could argue it's just no. complete incompetence and ignorance and insensitivity no journalists keep receipts i don't understand like why some devs think they can argue when they've said something like Man. journalists especially pc gamer and people like that who have been around the block they keep receipts and they know what you said and they will play it back for you you're screwed. Like, it, obviously, they just were like, yeah, 
This is something we've been thinking about. Man, and this shit is not even... This is just what we had the time for. There's a whole bunch of stupid shit that happened this week. <laughs> but uh, let's, yeah. let's, let's pick the mood up a little bit and, and interact with our fans who are, you know, they've never given us a lot of trouble. I'm grateful that the Dad and Sons fan community has, has, has definitely uh, uh, not weighed as much on my mind as half the shit I see out there on the internet. Holy don't, crap. Don't let someone hold their beer, because... Uh... <laughs> You're just opening us up. Just be good. Like, everybody out there is a fellow dad or son or daughter or mother. Just be good to your fellow sons and daughters and mothers and fathers and children. <laughs> someone's going to say, someone's gonna, I'm telling you, someone's going to say, like, it's a toggle. Like, it doesn't affect you. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it's about, it, yeah. It matters seeing a developer openly support and build a feature for players who basically want a more racist experience in their video this, games. I would spend time on that. <laughs> Just the uh, the idea that you think toggling certain races out of your life Jesus is Christ. an excuse. Get fucked. Listen, we, we make up 12% of the US. 12%. It's, it's not hard to see that, you know, ever since uh, <clears throat> recent developments, a lot of people are coming out as you know racist so yeah well if you'd like to pick our brain about uh well these topics but hopefully brighter topics mm-hmm. feel free to send a email to dad and sons podcast at gmail.com uh every most damn near every week uh we'll be answering questions from our email inbox from fans like carl here who uh, also, feel free to you know include a story and use it as an outline, but we might have to shorten Carl. for time. But Carl asks, uh, if you could have your own dream two-in-one console or emulation console, what would those two systems be? <laughs> the Switch with the Super Nintendo Virtual Console back on it. <laughs> I'm wondering if that counts as... as two consoles, though, because like the, the Virtual Console, is that... Yeah, that, that blurs the lines. Like, do something interesting like Super Nintendo and Dreamcast, you know? Mm. <laughs> yeah. Or, I, I mean, to be honest, like, Ultimate Dream would be literally the Switch with the with PS4 on it. I, yeah. I, I think back then, a PS2 and an Xbox 360 would be pretty tight. You could play your JRPGs and you could oh, go online and yes! play that would be so tight. <laughs> that would be so dope. Yeah. I was thinking the best That's a really good idea. the best of the 6th gen PS2 plus GameCube. So you just got like the whole life. I know. And that's the thing is that nowadays there's so many consoles that have such a huge library that goes back so long that that I I can't I can't get away with thinking in in terms of the two biggest childhood libraries phase. of all time are the PS2 and the Xbox 360 yeah. and they they represent two different sides of generational thinking yeah. in regards to making games. Yeah. Oh yeah. And it, they're so they're so contrasting with each other that it would be just amazing to have <gasps> such mm. an array. That's a really good that I would thought sell of, out, man. I, that would I thought sell of out so good. <laughs> maybe a more interesting uh uh, uh sub question. And that is a Two in Did one. You send an email to downsonspodcast at gmail.com? <laughs> um, um, okay, fine. I'm, 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 I'm like the god of dad and son's 
podcast gmail.com flipping through multiple realities and timelines to suggest the new sub question of if it had to be two portable consoles which ones would you slap together uh, Game Boy Advance is pretty cool easy I know that we're all going to choose one but I'm interested as to what right. we will duct tape onto right. the switch yeah. <laughs> uh, the 3DS you think so it did have mm. a lot of games. Like the 3DS it. can play all the DS games, so it, it's essentially just the DS generation of everything. Can it play GBA games? No. Hmm. Which is fine. I don't. I, I don't need like a must-haves from the GB games. Yeah, you know, I'd I'd want to get a Golden Sun fix, but I'm pretty sure that there's oh. other gooder JRPGs that have been on the DS and 3DS since then, like like Golden like Tweiway and. Oh my god! Phantom Death. Battle theme of Golden Sun is still in my head. Oh my god! Every time, every time. So yeah, no. I mean, I thought it would be a more interesting answer, but I'm right there with Liam. Switch plus 3DS should cover just about everything. Yeah, yeah, same. And I mean, amazing. If if you do either a PSP or PS Vita, then you got all sorts of options for for emulating other consoles too. So. I would definitely, if you could only have one company combined with another, so if you had to choose the Switch or the 3DS, I'd probably choose the Switch and then the PSP. Even though I think the Vita is a better console, the PSP had more games. Hmm. Hmm. I really did like the PSP. A nice hack <laughs> console. Yeah, a nice hacked PSP. <laughs> it's so weird. I think I, sh- I, I think I should have given some terms and conditions here, like sticking to the only official library for that gen, like like no emulators, because the lines are blurry now, and there's so much backwards compatibility and and cross. There's cross play going on now in some games, like. Sony has released a statement saying that the PS5 is going to be like a niche product. Consoles are getting weird. Consoles are, are I mean, not going to be playing here? by the same rules soon. Yeah, if, I, I suspect. I don't know. Like, I think we've got. A, I think we've got a winner in general, though. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The yeah. PS2, Xbox 360. Yeah, like, yeah. That's taking home the chicken dinner. Basically, the 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 library size is determining the answer here. So it's it's pretty quantitative. Well, no, they're they're all, yeah, and they're also it's such an array. Like the PS2 was dominated by so many Japanese games that were of, uh, of varying types, and you had some crazy stuff like it's where like Persona came from, and like some weird Final Fantasies. But you had like all of the Gran Turismo's and the GTA's and all of that, and then you had the Xbox 360 generation of all the third-person shooters and the first-person shooters. Online and component was solid. Yeah, like it's two opposite sides of a coin where popularity for gaming just went in weird ways. It's so really cool. Uh, Shall we move on to the next question? Yeah. Sure. Will K asks uh, about how during the PS3 and 360 era, zombie games were super popular. Super popular. Dead Rising, Dead Island, Left 4 Dead, Plants vs. Don't... What is happening to me? (laughs) (laughs) Same Um, as always. One... 5255. Will K asks, during the PS3 360 era, zombie games were super popular. Dead Rising, Dead Island, Left 4 Dead, Plants vs. Zombies, Nazi Zombies, etc. But that's died down nowadays. Will zombies see a comeback in the next generation of consoles? Or are the dead truly dead this time? What are some monsters that you feel are underrepresented in games? Uh, I mean, Dead Light 2, 
Like Dying Light 2, whatever it's called. That's a zombie game. That's that's happening. Days Gone just came out. That's a zombie game. Wait. Uh, the Last of Us 2 is coming out. Technically kind of a zombie game. That's coming out. You're, you can be uh, damn sure Resident Evil's going to have something. Yeah. State of Decay 2 came out recently. That's a zombie game. Zombies are so... Uh... Uh, malleable, functional... Zombies are very functional video game enemies. They have... The reason they have such prominence in video games is because they are the perfect basic enemy type. They are dumb by default. They are slow. They have very little behavior tree. And... They are fodder for the player to feel good about themselves for always getting headshots on. Yeah, they kind of have perfectly designed video game enemies. Yeah, they have like special abilities and rules built into the monster too, which which could lead to some good talk on on what monsters we feel are underrepresented. I say like like the 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 weird stuff like I don't know the Cyclops and Bigfoot and and Frankenstein like. Stuff like that. Yeah. You know, I would, yeah. I, yeah. I, I want to play Prey. I want to see games play with shapeshifters more. Monsters that can, like, turn into scenery or turn into goop and slide through doors. Or, or, or yeah, monsters that could turn into goop that might require some kind of special elemental attack to defeat. Like, like you have to use fire to dry them up or something rather than just shoot them in the head. There has been, like, a, a spade of new games like The Sinking City and Call of Cthulhu that deal with like mm. Cthulhu type monsters but there's, there's not enough of that could do with more Cthulhu based things yeah yeah yeah. I do want to get into that new Cthulhu game the the old uh, Escape from or Call of Cthulhu had an Escape from Innsmouth section in the beginning of that game that was mwah, it was it was good uh, villagers turning into fish people and, and chasing you through the town it was great Mummies. Bram- oh, mummies. <laughs> Are those mummies? <laughs> Maybe? Technically? When I think of a, of a mummy, though, I think of something <laughs> a lot more indestructible than... Okay, yeah. Are we thinking, like, old style, covered in, in toilet paper mummy? Or are we talking, like, like the new... Billy West. Um, um, 2000s reboot mummy, where the mummy can turn into a sandstorm and, and, and duplicate themselves, and they're, they're like some kind of demigod-type creature. Both. The, the t- <laughs> yeah, both. <laughs> <laughs> the they, I was looking if they had the mummy game. They do have the mummy, the mummy as a game. Uh, PS One. Yeah. Oh, uh, I thought you were thinking about the Tom Cruise one. Oh no, no, no! The Mummy Demastered, made by Way well, Forward, is actually a pretty decent game. What what what, what, what rules do you want to see your video game mummies play by, Matt? What's what's their what's their what's their their, their requirement? What what do you got to do to defeat a mummy? It should it should, it should be a little like weird. Metal Gear, Metal Gear Solid ish, you know, like with using their straps to do like certain mechanics and stuff. Like it needs so you to be can like trip that. Trip them with their straps. Yeah, like someone gets out a job as a game designer already. That's a good idea. It, oh man, I would rock game designer. I would rock it so. And I know. I feel like I know what's good and bad. I feel like I know what the majority would like. But I mean, yeah, I'll never get totals, there. Bad. I'll never get to game designer. <laughs> It's too late for that. <laughs> it's never too late for it's anything. It's never too late. It's never too late. That, that's a song. I'm sorry. Uh, songs are constantly in my head. 
I, What's the next question, yeah. George? Uh, we got Bram Cracker, who's previously been on Discord regular Bram Cracker, asks, Have you played a game with multiple endings where the bad ending was more narratively satisfying than the good one? Um, I got one. I remember. I, got, I definitely got one, and that is Silent Hill 2. When I first played through the game, I got the boat ending, and I loved it. And that turns out that is not the most uh, like comprehensive, longest, satisfying, conclusive cutscene. It was a weird one that left the game uh, open for for interpretation, and and with the themes that that game goes through and the aesthetics that it it runs you through man that game runs your your brain through the sewage and and the boat ending had me had me assuming that the worst was in store for for that character afterwards and i've never seen at the time i had rarely seen a game like end on a actual downer like that it was it was cool as heck i have one but it's kind of like it's i don't know if it sits in line of a joke ending but it is technically an ending did you either of you play Arkham City? I think it's Arkham City. I did not beat it though. Okay, so there's a moment in Arkham City. My memory might be failing me a little bit. Where you're like in a storage room and you're fighting guys, and then you can either go through a left door or a right door to save Catwoman. Mm-hmm. Or what's the other just, option? Well, if you just choose to ignore her, the game ends. <laughs> but it's kind of like a joke ending. Like you go through the door and then the credits roll. <laughs> but you you like it? I kind of like that better. Huh. I like that better because if you carry on going, you just see like a a juiced up Joker who looks gross and weird and disgusting, <laughs> and then the game ends. After that, like a, 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 like maybe an hour or so later. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 could, I could picture that. I'm pretty sure that's how it works. It, there could be some minute details in there that I'm missing, but I just remember walking through the door and choosing to ignore her, and then. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> or choosing to ignore something, and, uh, and then the, the credits roll. And I was like, huh, <laughs> okay, I like that. Matt, you got any? I don't think I do. I don't think I do. Um, I was trying to see if uh, Red Dead Redemption, what I got was the bad ending, when uh, a certain... Oh, 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 yeah, yeah, uh, headphones yeah, are okay. off. Okay. But, um, no. <laughs> no, it, it was, it was, I guess, the good ending. It, it's there's some similarities, but yeah, um, yeah. I don't know if I have one with multiple endings where the bad one wasn't like some weird like uh, I don't know. The, you, it ended like in the middle of the game instead of going con- continuing on. I'm pretty sure there is um, there's a couple shows I could mention that mm. should have ended way, <laughs> way earlier than it I should. just thought of something. What? Uh, that is uh, how Mass Effect 2's endings work. I bet I remember quick saving uh, a lot to make sure that absolutely positively no party members died by the end. But I remember being a little disappointed that that meant that I never really felt bad about them dying. <laughs> like I kind of missed out on. I them. had one party member die, and I was fine with it. And it was Jack, and I was like, "Yes." I remember reading so so many forum posts about how how heart wrenching it was to see them struggle and fail during their final mission, and I kind of wished I got that experience instead. Um, does this work for series? Because I wish I, Mass Effect Two was the ending, and Mass Effect Three doesn't exist. <laughs> that's a that's that's a, a nice aged meme. <laughs> you know, I I want to replay those games. And see how I feel about them now. Now that I'm older, yeah. Now that my yeah. my mind is well seasoned with a ton of shows and a ton more games, 
So, yeah. last but not least, we have Matt P. asking, As a university student, I don't often get a ton of time for length-intensive games, so I try to play shorter experiences whenever possible. What are the hip, new 2019 versions of Indie Darlings a la Inside or Abzu? Because 2016 was the last time I was relatively up-to-date with this. What are your favorites, and how do you feel about the idea of premium indie games that sometimes last fewer than five hours? Is this just a hipster trend or a legitimate and compelling subgenre of games? It's uh, definitely a legit genre, and it's a genre I am really becoming a fan of. Agreed. I love Mm it. Yeah, a couple weeks ago, all three of us were raving about Cadence of Hyrule, which is short, like four to seven hours. And God, it's perfectly paced for what it is, and I I really miss that. I, God, that's like, there are some... You get in, you beat it, and that's it. And you feel so good about yourself, and it's such a well-crafted experience, like... You, the problem, uh, not, not the problem with longer games, especially AAA games, is they just some uh, some lose their their pizzazz over a period of time. Whereas indie games, especially with the time and effort they that the developers have and such small team sizes, they they focus upon like one or two things and then they just do that good for like a short yeah. amount of time and so it feels yeah. like a well-crafted experience it is actually i think yeah I'm, I'm confident to say it that is my favorite format of game i want an eight-hour campaign that uh has multiple difficulty options for replaying it different ways but like a well-paced eight hours of exploring the mechanics but also what you get at that <laughs> level is an exploration of how those mechanics can interact with a well-paced story as well and you totally yeah. miss out on that on longer games and and boredom can clash with the story itself like okay i actually fell off of my breath of the wild replay i i was not able to keep it up and that game the pacing of that game it just it does not jive with me because i want i want the mechanics to both be a well-paced exploration of how the mechanics can work, but also a well-paced exploration of how those mechanics can tell a good, good-ass story. Yeah, and also 2019 has been kind for that. Like, My Friend Pedro has just come out. That's like a four-hour mm, game. Yeah. Babber is You, yeah. Ape Out, uh, out Luca. Wild. Speaking of, of Luca again, go check out Luca, guys. Um, uh, and speaking... This, this- loads of games on on the question of it being a hipster trend i want to point out that if you go far far back to the days of the nes those games were short if you if you use mm. emulators with save states you can play through contra one in three four hours yeah they they lasted because they were difficult and you you had to restart from the very beginning but um short Short games have always been a thing, and, and I bet they will always be a thing, especially since VR is kind of built for uh, shorter experiences as we go into the future. I, I I think it would take a lot more... Well, I think it would take more than what's currently going on in the industry to change that. And considering so many games are coming out now, it's great to be able to not feel like you're missing out because you can just play games, and they're short, and they're great experiences. Anything under 10, 10 hours is fantastic. Like, it's brilliant. Cadence of Hyrule felt great, amazing. I'm going to remember it for a long time. I can go back and play it if I want, but I know now that I'm done with it. Oh, and the way it's built. I don't feel like I'm missing out. You'll get a different map when you replay it. There's there's a lot of cool things you can do with replayability and multiple play styles when, when you shorten the length as well. Heck yeah. Uh, Keep fighting the good fight, indie devs. Uh, there is a ton of 
indie games that I could recommend. Oh, it, did he say? No, he didn't. He didn't ask about for indie games. Did he? No, no, yeah, he yeah, did. You can, you can, you can he says, what are the good, new hip versus the indie games? Darling's like, uh, um, you guys got a couple? I got a couple. Well, I, I, I throw a cadence. That's like all I play. These days. I mean, Celeste and Into the Breach from last year. Mm, Into the Breach, yeah. Uh, Cuphead. Cuphead was was a, a fun little little romp. If you like Metroidvania, Hollow Knight. Hollow Knight. I always <laughs> re- recommend that. That's, that's, <laughs> I, that's top pick. But if you're more of a casual player, it might be a little difficult. I had a friend play it, and he's more of a casual player, and he did not like dying at all. So if you don't like a bit of challenge, it's not like hard, hard, but I could be biased because I like 2D games. So It's not really that long either, is no, it? None of these, no, none of these are hard. There's a lot of op- like, optional it's content. It's pretty long, yeah. but like, not traditionally no, long. No, every, every indie game I've played has been like less than eight or nine hours, I feel. Hollow Knight was definitely more than that, though. Yeah, about 14 it might have been around fourteen. Okay, it might. It might have been. I, 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 I played Shit, it twice. Compared I still to, can't remember. To, so to MGSV, that's that's still a snack. Mm-hmm. Yeah, dude, you know how much I spent on freaking Metal Gear Solid Five? It's like sixty hours on that game, man. Sixty that's, hours. That's a, that's a work week. week. Holy fuck, man! Sixty hours, dude. Sixty hours. That's a lot of late nights, man. It's a lot of late nights. It might have been so oh. for what I some of what I played before. I'm just looking on Steam. <laughs> no wonder everyone in that game is so sad all the time. Wait, did you actually finish it as well this week? Yeah. Oh, oh, you it's are not, a machine. I didn't actually play because I left it on because a lot of the time you have to um, research stuff, and it takes like an hour or two to finish the research. Yeah. And I yeah. just. I was, I'm just gonna leave it on because it, it doesn't. Still finished it. It doesn't do it You're while it's sleeping. It doesn't do it when that game is off. Why? I don't know. That's the weirdest. Probably because they don't. They don't have the tech. <laughs> so and it's always it online. So why can't you OS do it while sleeping? It's weird, man. Only the online ones do. The the gold ones. Everything that's gold. So yeah, I would leave it on all day. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Or all night. Yeah. Speaking uh, of fun little experiences, um, I, 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 I do want to point out that we don't keep our podcast going for like three to five hours. Goddamn. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, also, uh, Huey is garbage. I hated that guy. Uh, just want to say that. Just want to say that for the, for the listeners. Hated that guy. Oh my God. I hated that guy. Hearing his voice. Man, <laughs> I'm sad now. I'm just sad. <laughs> God. Like, after having to go through all that Mordhau bullshit and then remembering about all this MGSV bullshit. I... <laughs> I'm sorry, George. I'm sorry, but I was living guys, it. It's, I was living guys, it all week. Guys. <laughs> guys. Yeah, yeah. It's my birthday. Happy, sad. Happy birthday. Dude, happy birthday, man. I can't believe we didn't say that in the beginning of the. <laughs> we just made a joke we just made a really stupid miss like nobody understands joke about it instead and then we moved on so quickly. i also want to point out you know the time of day of your birth 
No, I haven't got a fucking clue. I just it's it's twelve for me when we start. Oh, but we that's how you do right because it was like ten a.m. for me, <laughs> and you you had it on the dot like right when it happened. You were like, and now I'm a year older. So because yeah, I we were like let's jokingly start ten minutes early. So Liam is twenty eight. And then real time will age a whole year <laughs> in a matter in of minutes. <laughs> a matter of minutes. Well, and suddenly be twenty nine. Oh God, that feels horrible to say. I, it's only downhill from here. Twenty nine seems like such an obnoxious number. Mm-hmm. You're not thirty, and you're also not in you're your twenties. You're also not really in your twenties. Nobody likes you. Yeah. Wait, I might be projecting that last part. <laughs> Yo. Yeah, it happens, man. I went through it. <laughs> I, I, I want to congratulate you, Liam, though, for making it through all these years without having as bit of big a fuck up as these Mordhau developers just did. Dude, I nearly got arrested for murder. I don't know what more I can possibly do. Well, yeah, but but you're still like, you know, likable? <laughs> Hireable? <laughs> Oh. You should not have drank while you said that. Oh. I'm hoping I'm hoping I'm still hireable. The day my boss finds out about these podcasts, oh god.